I'm Audrey Hollenberg Duffy. And I'm her husband, Tim Hollenberg Duffy. We are a married couple doing pastoral ministry together who also enjoys theological chats. Especially as they relate to the church, an institution we know to be crucial for faith and practice. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for our meanderings as we ponder a faithful Jesus way forward. Welcome to another episode of Coffee with the Pastors, the podcast. This is a special episode of our monthly series of Popcorn with the Pastors, where Audrey and I are joined by our brothers, Andy Duffy and Nathan Hollenberg, for a conversation about pop culture, thus the popcorn with the pastors. So today you get four pastors talking about the Super Bowl. But not the Super Bowl. (laughs) Taylor Swift. Yes, we're going to talk about uh, the gospel according to Taylor Swift. Nope. (laughs) We're going to talk about that moment during the Super Bowl when the football players weren't on the TV, but there was a commercial about feet washing. Yeah. (laughs) Which that's something I never thought I'd ever say. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually, I was sitting on the floor with with Ira at the time, and I was just kind of like half paying attention. And it was one of those ones like, wait a minute, what what world am I living in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what is on my television in the middle of the Super Bowl? This right. is this is a, a brethren thing on my TV. <laughs> That's right. So just a little backstory information for those of you who didn't watch the Super Bowl, like Nathan, who didn't watch the Super Bowl, but yet he knows about the ad. So during the Super Bowl, we think it was somewhere in the the first quarter, you know how much hype there is for Super Bowl ads, and they're usually funny and lighthearted, and they're competing for kind of attention grabbing. Well, there was an advertisement spot from a group called He Gets Us that featured the washing of feet in all kinds of different scenarios, uh, culturally relevant kind of scenarios. Help me out with some of the situations. There was a police officer washing the feet of a black man. Yeah, there was, I mean, there was a priest and what I, I'm assuming, and I guess uh, it's probably the danger of the commercial is that we're making assumptions of the of the dynamics, but it, it appeared to be uh, uh, a gay person. There was one I wasn't quite sure, but it looked like a, maybe a, a mother that was meant to look like a single mother on the floor of the kitchen and maybe a daughter actually washing her feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a woman outside of an abortion clinic, I think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. having her feet washed. I mean, really, some of those cultural flashpoints of our day were represented in this thing and in all the scenarios, feet, yeah. feet were being washed. And at the end of the commercial, you get this sentence pops up on the screen jesus didn't hate he washed feet and at that point all the feet washing brethren in the world went nuts for 30 (laughs) seconds (laughs) and took to facebook (laughs) so we thought as church of the brethren pastors who cherish the practice of feet washing it might be uh worth some of our time to kind of process what's going on here and what the effects it it has and whether this was a, a good thing, a troubling thing, what's going on. So we'll throw it out there for for maybe an, an initial reactions. Well, as Tim already alluded to, um, I actually was not watching the Super Bowl. Somewhat recently, my wife and I decided 
we watched so little TV that it wasn't worth the money we were paying to have internet and cable. So we got rid of cable and then really feel like we wanted to go get one of those fancy little antennas to get local channels. And so we made the decision not to watch the Super Bowl, but uh, I had opened up my phone and I think for the original purpose of checking in on the score at some point, but had opened up Facebook first and saw post after post after post about this feet washing commercial. Um, and so before I even knew what the score was in the, in the game, I was seeing pastors in particular, but lots of different people I know from the Church of Brethren circles posting about this feet washing commercial with different different hot takes, you could put it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll fast forward just a little bit in our conversation and just say like a, a lesson I have learned in this for pastors and probably people of faith and anyone is the dangers in putting hot takes on Facebook. Mm-hmm. That uh, in general, when things create a reaction, maybe it's a visceral reaction out of us. It's best to do our processing first or to, in conversation in places that are not social media. It's not that a lot of the conversations turned ugly, but I actually saw quite a few of those people that made initial posts go back and make secondary posts, like where it was clear they had then thought through things differently. And so it's just one of the, like a side to our lesson for the, our topic for today is is the dangers of, of social media and, and and how it's not a healthy place to do our processing. Yeah, um, sure. And that's a lesson in general today, right? Is how much of world affairs do we actually experience first because of social media and not and mm. filter through that lens and not because we witnessed it. So yeah, this was no different. It just hit really, really close to home with a charity. So so my experience is so different in the sense that I eventually like went searching for the commercial because I'm like, well, I better watch it if it's creating this much buzz. But I had all of that, you could call it baggage going into it. Sure. So I didn't watch it in a vacuum. So my, my experience is very different, perhaps, Audrey, than yours when you're sitting on the floor with your son watching it come on live TV. Uh, mine more went in as a, I need to be culturally aware as a pastor in the Church of Brethren, what has created this buzz? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, for once in the history of the world, uh, I watched a sports event that Nathan did not. <laughs> and, um, it's and all I, going I, downhill. <laughs> coming through. So I think I was probably looking away. I mean, mostly I watched the Super Bowl for the commercials, but I must have been looking away. And my wife suddenly goes, Andy, Andy, Andy. And I'm like, whoa, what, 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 what? And I look up and, you know, I'd, it takes me a minute to process what I'm seeing because they're, they were very, they're very busy images. I don't mean, I don't know if you see, like, there's a lot of detail and a lot of things going on in each of the images, but eventually my, I can, I can remember my mind trying to catch up with my eyes and I comprehended that, oh, they're they're washing feet. They can't, no, they can't possibly be washing feet for a Jesus-y reason. But then I was like, well, what other reason would there be? And then, and then I thought, whoa, uh, we get these pairings of folks that our culture kind of teaches us do not normally mix or especially compassionately serve one another. And I, and then and then my mind went whoa whoa this is the gospel this is the gospel and then and then i started going wait where is this coming from where is this coming from and then i was like it's got to be that movement from the last few years the uh he gets us campaign it's got to be 
And then I, and then my mind before anything, like the commercial hadn't even ended. My mind's going through all this. It went, this has such potential. It's going to fall flat. Like that's what my mind said. Like, it was like, wow, somebody along the way had a great idea. And I think they, they were truly creatively inspired to do something beautiful, but is this the right context? Are these the right people funding it? Is there enough explanation for people to get the right message from it? And then the commercial ended and it was just, I did the same thing. I went right to Facebook because I knew there would be brethren going, wow. <laughs> and that's exactly what it was. <laughs> not, not that feet washing is a brethren thing, right? I mean, I mean, it is, but we don't own it, right? I mean, it was it was happening before us, but there is something peculiar about it. And we are a peculiar people. And so I think a lot of us saw ourselves validated by seeing it projected in such a public for a widespread audience. There was something pleasing about that, about that experience. Uh, and that's the initial reaction. And then the follow-up is there's a lot of things that we can talk about. And I'm sure we will about what could have been different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One one of the first reactions I saw was more of a funny reaction. Like every brethren know knows the dirty, grimy water at the end of Love Feast. If you're gonna try to attract people to Jesus, you don't go for feet washing. <laughs> <laughs> and that that made me laugh. We may have been the only people that saw the whole thing as a positive. <laughs> Yeah, right. And not like, ew, what do they want well, me to do? I think the story of Jesus is becoming less and less known and the details and the symbol of feet washing is still pretty obscure, even in scripture. Mm -hmm. Why would they assume that people would immediately know what the heck is going on? Mm -hmm. Feet washing? That's what you chose? You know, I mean, bread yeah. in the cup, sure, people can, I mean, everybody does that, but to introduce feet washing without any sort of explanation. Well, it's like it's the one thing in the Brethren Church that we struggle to get new people to come to. Yeah. <laughs> to explain like, no, this is like super meaningful. Yeah. And they have to get past the fact that you're you're playing in dirty water with toe fuzz. <laughs> yeah. I think that was, so my, my initial reaction as I was just watching this unfold and the shock of it was I was, I was seeing tenderness i was seeing humility mm -hmm. i was andy's right that the images were all busy so first glance i was not aware of all of these kind of scandalous circumstances right that uh that i was witnessing i was just i was i was seeing mm -hmm. that kind of th this humility and then this this sentence about jesus not doing hate but uh washing feet and so i yeah i felt seen i felt affirmed but one of my initial post reactions was, what did other people see? Because tenderness, humility, servanthood, yeah, those things rush to my mind when I see this thing because I've been washing feet for, um, what, 20, 20 some years. years. But what what does it communicate to somebody who, who doesn't already know already know the symbol? Mm -hmm. um, I saw one one person post on Facebook that they were watching the Super Bowl with a very diverse group of uh, a lot of Gen Z people, I think it was his kids and their friends, and it, it just didn't it didn't register like it did nothing it did nothing mm -hmm. in the room 
you wonder in the in the boardroom where they were talking about doing this commercial who was their target audience was it's not me no i know it's not me. well and the, and the he gets us movement is meant for people that are not currently established in a community right mm-hmm. were they having generational conversations about this this will hit this generation mm-hmm. um were they yeah were they having cultural conversations honestly mm-hmm. i didn't think that the content was all that bad i thought parts of it were quite beautiful yeah i just yeah. think it, it should it was made for a church gathering like yeah i could have seen it you could have shown that at the floor of nyc or something yeah, I think right? it and the, more maybe you effective there. Uh, yeah, it just felt like context was wrong. I think there's a contextual clue in the song that's even being played in the background, Never Tear Us Apart. So I think we all feel the tension of sort of the, the hyper-partisan reality, not just of politics, but of faith, of life in general. And I think a shared sort of weariness that we have as, as a world is wanting to bridge that divide. Now, the problem becomes, there's often the feeling that the best way to bridge that divide is to convince the other side that they're wrong and get them to repent. You know, So they, they see the light and they come to the good side and then everything will be healed. There's very, very little like, oh, there's healing by finding middle ground or common ground. It, for me, the message as, as I got thinking about it deeper, especially with that song, Never Tear Us Apart, was really trying to capitalize, for better or worse, on this moment of tension we're in. Yeah. And that is a shared feeling we have. I don't think anyone is saying, no, I don't think we're all that divided as, as, <laughs> as a people, as a faith. I think we all feel that. The question is, the message that I would take away just from a surface level is, yeah, the answer is not to hate the other side. And from a Christian perspective, from just a human perspective, that doesn't solve the problems. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily that I object to that message. It is clear from some of the things we know about the group funding it that a major component is is they're they're trying to reach the seekers, mm-hmm. those that might say they're spiritual but not religious. There's actually ways that the He Gets Us movement tries to connect people to churches that can partner with the he gets us movement but it's a very particular type of christianity right so uh, you know it was fascinating to see eventually people who even were ruffled a little bit by it or bothered by it in the church of brethren have eventually capitalized on it says well if you want to know what feet washing is really about Mm -hmm. yeah this monday thursday this year on this date in march you can come to our church and experience the feet washing firsthand and i'm like well you know why not why not Mm -hmm. because originally i think there was that sense of ownership like why are they doing the thing that we do, putting it on TV? And and then I had a moment of humility where I'm like, you know what, If and I, I was saying this earlier to you all before we were recording, it's like if the Church of Brethren was gifted, a Super Bowl commercial where they said you get a minute to say to the world what you want about feet washing in a creative commercial, I'm not sure we could in a minute do say all we need to say about the ordinance of feet washing and its importance and its messiness. And there would be something that we miss. So like, I want to give that a little bit of grace that, you know, it's not ours, but even though it's something we do on the regular and it's been part of our tradition since since our founding as a denomination, that it's a hard thing to do to, to say anything theological or complete in a minute. Yeah. You know, things that I, things I observed about it was the types of relationships in the feet washing. It was often those with power or perceived power 
washing the feet of those that are on the margins. And I don't say that as a criticism necessarily, but but just an awareness that part of what feet washing is, is the leveling of the playing field. It's not the powerful just washing those without power. It's it's sort of the, the notion that in the kingdom of God, uh, that we don't play those type of relationships. Mm-hmm. And so... Again, something where it's like, well, I might have I might have chosen some different pairings in the feet washing if I were doing it, but that's still an incredibly hard thing to mm-hmm. fully get across in a well, yeah, maybe even a commercial. It's an ancient practice. For someone who doesn't know the ancient context, it's not gonna fly. I mean, I was thinking I was thinking if I wanted to portray the same thing, I was like, okay, if I could design my own commercial <laughs> that was connected to the gospel and taught the same message, it probably would have been more like Good Samaritan kind of thing. It probably would have been like shots of the Good Samaritan story and then like a modern scenario, something similar happening. You know what I mean? Like that's a more accessible way to teach folks who shouldn't get along getting along. It's less shocking though. <laughs> well, that's true. Shocking or just confusing? Well, Which, I, I mean, and, and confusion I think those things be, aren't mutually exclusive. Yeah, I, I say confusion, <laughs> yeah. not that that's a bad thing. Certainly part of the intent of the ad, it's always to drive attention to the website into yeah. engagement. That's how, that's how all that's commercials, how commercials work. work. So <laughs> if there's a natural curiosity, confusion about what practice I just saw, you can investigate it. The question is, who who does that? Because it's certainly not us. We already know. So I didn't even need to go to the website, right, to find out mm-hmm. what's going on. So who who was it out there that became naturally curious about what they were witnessing? It's interesting that, I mean, we're, we're talking so far about some of the kind of ownership reactions to it. The other big reaction, well, two big reactions I saw on Facebook that were negative were number one, the amount of money mm-hmm. that would have gone into paying for this commercial. Mm-hmm. And it is so ironic to me that the criticism was that money could have been given to the poor, which <laughs> is not great. If you want to look at a biblical witness <laughs> for who said the same thing, that would be Judas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I kind of laughed at that one. I was like, you might want to think a little bit more about that one. <laughs> so, at the so same time, play, understanding the criticism. That's complicated. It is complicated. Yeah. So there is a place for extravagant outpourings of love? Gospel. I mean, gospel proclamation, a gospel proclamation and feeding mm-hmm. the hungry are, are meant to be done in tandem. And Jesus witnesses to both of those things it is not one or the other and that's where like the that comment rubbed me the wrong way it's like it's and, I, and yeah. i'll just add and i'll just add i think often that comment is i hear that comment i've been in ministry for 15 years and i've heard that said about programs that people just don't like well that money could be spent to do better things so the question is i mean is there fair criticism i mean super bowl commercials are just ridiculous to begin right. with and i don't know why anyone pays that amount of money but that's a different comment right. and question so like for me, the, the healthy suspicion I would have when someone says that is like, like, would they also be saying that if they really agreed with the people behind the message and the message itself? Right. And that's some self-reflection people have to do. Right. And that and that was the, the second big criticism was the organization behind the ad. And it's had kind of a 
they're not forthcoming in who sits on the board of this organization. And there's been some groups that have done some sleuthing and, and found that out. And that's, for me, some of the concern. While at the same time, there's scriptural witness for someone else saying something of gospel and letting them do it mm-hmm. because it doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. And Mark and Luke, they, the, one of the disciples goes to Jesus and says, hey, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop them. Almost like, like, hey, can we get brownie points? And then it's it's kind of an uncomfortable scripture. And Jesus says, well, don't stop them. If they're not actively working against us, then they're for us. And that's an uncomfortable, yeah, that's been an uncomfortable passage I've been sitting with in relation to the, these commercials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if there was only a singular intent of the thing, we might be able to parse that out much easier. But there's so many layers to, yeah. to what this thing could do. I mean, truly, if this was just a PSA to the church, mm-hmm. that might be a glorification of God that might be worth the millions of dollars to say, hey, church, don't be a hateful people and, and let that let that be. Maybe that's maybe that's fine. But it wasn't. It wasn't just that. Mm-hmm. I could receive it as that. Um, mm-hmm. But it wasn't just that. It's also driving people to the website to engage in the movement that, yeah, is kind of unclear, but it's directing people into local churches and small groups that they can more deeply connect with with questions and curiosities. Um, And the other kind of troubling piece to this is that there's a connection to a database that gets used, like there's like the good side of it, connect people with congregations that are participating in this movement. But that same database is getting used for political gains as well. Mm. And that's where it starts to become. In terms of harvest information for a particular political persuasion. Exactly. So you can get the ads or invitations to give. I mean, again, like, so this is where the complexity of it is. Can you use something that maybe not be purely motivated and do something good with it? Does that taint the good? Mm Mm-hmm. In, in a way that that it can no longer be called good. I mean, that's to me like the the bigger question of this whole entire commercial is something good that may or may not have been motivated to be done for the right reason. Does that now make this thing entirely bad? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is there any such thing as a purely good action? Well, this this was the other thing that I kept saying, and I think Tim said it too, was like, you're watching the Super Bowl. You are being told to buy into all sorts of things. Mainly gambling this year. Oh, gambling commercials. Ooh, yeah. Well, nonstop. <laughs> and, and as a brethren person that's also believes strongly in the peace witness, I have to separate myself from the clear militarism that is communicated through mm-hmm. American sports. And so like, I already have like a certain amount of distance and, you know, able to filter some of these things out, not expecting that my values are always going to be communicated through everything. And so this commercial is like, okay, this is cool that this is being communicated. And I can also separate myself from the maybe dark side of it a little bit, but not everyone can do that. 
those who have thought about it and still have struggles, I mean, I think the fear is that it's it, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Right. And it is complicated because it doesn't take a whole lot of digging in the background to see that sort of the underbelly of this is is there is a movement within American Christianity for a, a closer than healthy relationship between empire and the kingdom of God and and the church in power. And that clearly is part of the background that that's behind some of the organizations funding this. Now, again, there's also biblical precedent for things that are meant for unsavory purposes being used for good. And so the idea that that we be totally dismissive, I think, is naive. I think it, I think pure hate and criticism of the commercial probably does more harm for us yeah. in the Church of Brethren than simply engaging it. And like we like our tagline is and showing another way of living and believing. So those who ultimately said, hey, if you saw that commercial and you're intrigued, we've been doing this as part of our tradition for for 300 years. And, and we'd love for you to explore biblical feet washing with us. There are there is there should be healthy skepticism, as we've talked about in any marrying of culture and faith uh, of something that is put in front of us, whether it's a Christian show or a Christian movie and a Christian commercial. There needs to be healthy skepticism. Now, straight up reactionary vitriol and anger does not help. And and I think there can be legitimate criticism of, of, of organizations and way things are handled in the background. But I also think there's an opportunity for us to to take it and, and try to, to show the true Christ-like example of feet washing in its appropriate setting, mm -hmm. understanding that no commercial or movie or TV show can ever actually be the gospel because mm -hmm. the gospel is, is meant to be relational. Mm -hmm. And so you cannot understand feet washing with, with a how-to video or a how-to commercial. You just we never will. In the brilliant words of Ted Lasso, um, be curious, not judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a helpful sometimes relationship with culture in general. And I feel like that's what a lot of what we do on this podcast is to say, like, you know, what is this communicating? I'm, I want to ask some questions about it. And I'm not just going to straight up reject it in part because all of our people in our congregations and people in everyday living are engaging this stuff. And so if we just write it off as, as evil, we won't be able to have meaningful conversations with people as they're engaging it. I do want to say that there probably is a time and place, uh, appropriate places to have some of those questions about power and influence, but they're often, they're not on Facebook, but yeah, when you just go out there angry and, and if someone found beauty in it, I mean, we had, we had a conversation in our Sunday school class about that commercial and I had some people in the class who were like, well, I'm aware who's behind it. And I had other people who was like, oh, I just kind of just took it at face value and thought, oh, this is this is something I can relate to. And so you have this wide spectrum. And it was a much healthier thing to talk about the complexities in a setting like this than it would be from the pulpit or in a newsletter article or on Facebook, because it was a conversation and we could deal with the messiness. Mm -hmm. I remember last year when the same organization, he gets us put out a commercial and I went to Facebook not to post anything, but I just saw people reacting. And it was funny to me how last year it was a lot of my 
I would say more moderate to conservative Christian friends who were upset by the He Gets Us commercial because it it portrayed what I will call the Toy Story gospel. He's You've got a friend in me, Jesus. Um, so their concern was like, he didn't say anything about salvation. Like the whole point of the gospel is salvation. And it just, it just portraying Jesus as your buddy bud. And that's not the gospel. Well, I mean, Jesus literally says, I know I call you friends. So there's, there is a biblical precedent to it. But clearly, like my reaction to that a year ago, is like, well, you can't explain the gospel in a minute commercial. You can't capture everything. And then this year, I actually haven't seen a whole lot of responses from those same people. I haven't had conversations, but it's been sort of my close Church of the Brethren friends who are maybe a little bit more moderate progressive who have been sort of some strong reactionaries to this. So if anything, in the course of two years, they've upset almost everybody. Yeah. And, <laughs> And maybe that that alone is is applause worthy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I saw a couple of posts along those lines. Nobody was happy about this. Apparently, if you if you merely go by Facebook posts, nobody was happy. <laughs> well, I would say my my feed was divided. I think there was a lot of a lot of positive reactions. Again, probably from folks that weren't looking deeper than the images. I do have a fear based on the history of religious symbolism and how they're appropriated by cultures and politics. Christianity has been co-opted by lots of political nationalistic movements throughout history, and the cross in some ways has become less of a radical symbol of a new way of living and more a symbol of me getting to heaven. Mm -hmm. I worry about feet washing, which for me is again, a radical new way of living, if the controversy around this commercial makes it lose its power, lose some of its edginess, mm -hmm. people are going to be more skeptical of it than they were. Or, think, or think the church is just following this social trend they saw during the Super Bowl of people washing feet and not recognize right. that it's been part of our faith and tradition for generations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we need to get t-shirts made that said, we were feet washing before it was cool. There you go. Yes. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Further impress on that. I, I don't think this will be that significant of a flashpoint. And next year it will be something else, right? Mm -hmm. And the next year it will be something else. Um, I mean, clearly the, the messaging is just to make Christianity look a little more like, loving. like, yeah, <laughs> a little more loving, a little more approachable by folks who don't have that same kind of deep rootedness that I think lots of our friends do. And yet I still laugh at why would you do dirty feet washing as the, as the approachable well, inroad to the church? Tim, I think you know, if we want to dig into the weeds, like there's the question, I mean, I'm not sure there's any way we can get around it. There's this, the people behind this commercial tend to associate more with the evangelical wing of Christianity and a criticism, which I'm not going to place a value judgment on is that there's been a view by the secular world that, that that's a, a brand of Christianity that's rooted in hate. And, and that's mm -hmm. the criticism that's levied. And so the suspicion that I've been seeing in newsletter articles is, was this a rebranding, which, yeah. or is this a repentance? Yeah. And so like, that is where people, I also want to name the real hurt people would have if they have been hurt by 
by Christianity. Mm. And then they just see people just saying, oh, well, like, you know, it's fine. It was easy. But the, they've been hurt by the church in the background. You know, there, there's going to be people that, that this is going to be a painful thing for them because it's going to be the wolf in sheep's clothing. Because there's like, well, I don't trust that there's been true repentance because I can follow the money and see the types of things that they're doing in the world. And this is just about a rebranding. And the church is not about branding. It's about repentance. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think there are, like I said, there's places for those deeper conversations. And I do want to also name in this conversation that for people who have been hurt by the church, it, it, it's not so simple sure. as just saying, I'm going to take this at face value. Once they sort of learn the movement, behind it and so that's what makes it so messy yeah. is that for us if we're just talking about feet washing then i don't think it's worth getting in a tizzy over mm -hmm. but if you if you're someone who's been hurt by the church then i think we need to honor that yeah there's there's a messiness and 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 a discomfort that's legitimate right yeah and that goes back to the comment i was making that you know the conversation is ultimately can something that looks good, that might be motivated by, might not have the best motivations, can it still be good? And that might depend on who you are and how bad the bad motives are <laughs> in that circumstance. There may be things that are not redeemable in that way. If anything, I mean, you have to give credit where credit is due. It has created a lot of conversation. <laughs> That's right. It led, led us to have an entire podcast on the topic and we're probably not the only ones in the world doing it so uh, as far as engagement you got to say it was successful and just in that aspect at least not the subculture of the brethren i'll be curious to know you know if it if it has the same level mm -hmm. of discourse well i think that part of the purpose of the commercial is not necessarily just engagement but what is it calling us to do if we were to if we were affected if we were touched by the commercial does it lead us to serve someone in our community who we would not find typically someone we would engage with i mean that's the that's the test of perhaps its goodness is the fruit which we probably won't see but you know if an individual goes out and says and is reminded of an image and says i'm going to i'm going to give money to folks who are suffering or I'm going to serve somewhere where folks may make me uncomfortable, but I know they need it. That, that would be for me, the test of goodness. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to, to measure the effect of so many of the other ads that happened at the Super Bowl. You can very easily get a sense of how effective DraftKings gambling ads were by how many people logged in, created a DraftKings account during the Super Bowl and made a bet other than with the, he gets us stuff other than the website traffic. If that's the only way of measuring effectiveness, the stuff you're talking about, Andy won't, won't be picked up anywhere. Um, yeah. And, but I think that that, I don't think hardly anybody's going to go to the website. I mean, I think the fraction of folks who are touched by this commercial I think it will bear fruit in just the way that people think and talk and serve much more than it will be. I'm going to go to a website. Well, Most so for people me, I talk to, they don't even know who they don't even know who put the commercial out. Right. They just touched by it. 
so for me, the, the, this, this is a secondary conversation that obviously we can't go down the full rabbit hole, but it's like, and I've, I've preached on it recently. There, there, the perception is, and I think we all feel it, no matter where we are on the theological spectrum or in, in the church, that, you know, the church's influence is, is clearly dwindling in, in society and in people's lives. And the question becomes, how do we respond to that? And for me, the commercial, if I'm being blunt, feels like a rebranding attempt, mm -hmm. saying, like, we need to make the church look more attractive. Mm -hmm. Personally, I don't feel like that's going to work. I, I don't think that's how the church grows. That's not my understanding of the gospel. I, I think if they would have spent, like, it, it, yeah, the argument about the poor, but like, if you would have spent that money in trying to engage people already in the church to be less hateful and to be more loving and, and what are ways we can embody this in our communities, I think that would have a better chance of getting the church to grow. Because as I said before, the gospel is meant to be relational. And so I don't think you can just rebrand the church to make it more attractive, especially when we are so far behind other secular companies when it comes to branding and their ability to brand. So like, I'm not sure we want to play the secular game that way of trying to make us look more attractive. But that's one of the, the competing questions the church has is how do we how do we grow the church? And this is one method of, of trying to make the church look and be more attractive. But I'm I have skepticism that that's going to move the needle much. Well, we sufficiently tackled that one. <laughs> We've piled on. <laughs> Have on all of our baggage. Well, I don't yeah. understand these jokes. <laughs> he 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 wasn't watching the sports ball. He was watching the commercials. He doesn't get the metaphor. <laughs> he was there for the snacks. Did you have some good snacks, Andy? Some buffalo chicken dip or something? Oh, I wish. No, it was mostly just kind of chips and stuff. But uh, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting whenever they made a goal or they got the ball in the hoop. That was pretty good. <laughs> Home run. And when, you know, the quaffle was caught. And... Yeah, right. <laughs> had a good, made a good secret. <laughs> my, my boys weren't actually home. They were the grandparents. And so they watched the Super Bowl. But what they talked to me the most about was the puppy bowl. Uh -huh. <laughs> I think the church, there's an untapped potential there. I think we need to get behind the puppy bowl. Yeah. And then that might that might lead to some powerful evangelism. Oh, Next do, year. What Church if there was a brother in commercial during the puppy bowl? What if it was a commercial with puppies washing feet? Of cats. Oh, oh. No. That could, that'll change the world right there. Oh, it's a piece of what the internet was created for. <laughs> Isaiah eleven. Oh man. <laughs> Well, that feels like a great place to stop. What do you think? Yep. Thank you, brothers, uh, for joining us for another episode of Popcorn with the Pastors. Uh, we'll be back again next month as this group. Of course, uh, next week you can expect a, a normal episode from Audrey and I of uh, Coffee with the Pastors as we continue our read-through of the Gospel of Mark during this season of Lent. But... Uh, as always, we welcome your feedback and conversation. If you want to join the conversation, you can message us at coffeewiththepastorspodcast at gmail.com. 
Until next time, this has been Popcorn with the Pastors. Live for the glory of God and our neighbor's good. The primary purpose of this podcast is for conversation and faith exploration. It's intended for private, non-commercial use and does not necessarily reflect the opinion of any agency or organization.